Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we talk about King Solomon and social media. With that, welcome back. This is Luke here in Wisconsin and Nick. Uh, Nick, let's start with a softball. Tell me, who is King Solomon? I think he's a person from the Bible. Thank you for that. What is King Solomon <laughs> known for? Uh, being a king, probably. Okay, excellent. And if there was one characteristic that might <laughs> characterize King Solomon, what would that be? Besides polygamy, because we already know that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's what I was going to say. But this was, you know, round two of episode three fourths. So I can't use the same response. Um, Probably splitting that baby in half okay you know what we'll give you half credit um the answer i was looking was that for a ba- is that's a bad wisdom. pun that is a bad pun luke um oh i didn't even try to do that oh man oh dear <laughs> that's, that's well now we got to keep this episode because of that uh just because of that yeah there's no take three after this no take three after this so king solomon is known for his wisdom uh, if you are familiar with this in the Bible, you'll be like, yes, of course, move on from here. If you're not, uh, Crash Course, King Solomon, known for wisdom. Boom. He wrote a bunch of books about wisdom, sometimes called wisdom literature, uh, filled with sayings. One of those is Proverbs. And recently, I have been reflecting quite a bit about Facebook. And for a while, I was like, I'm going to delete, delete Facebook. And then I was like, nah, I'm not going to delete Facebook. Uh, because often I would feel very frustrated by other information that people had posted on Facebook or the way they responded to the information that I posted on Facebook. Uh, tell me, Nick, here's another softball for you. Have you ever felt frustrated by Facebook? Not like the company Facebook, but like by your interactions on Facebook. <laughs> I'll try not to botch this answer. Uh, I mean, based on what I've posted... And based on the comments I received regarding the things I've posted, yeah, I would say that's rather frustrating. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you think, I don't know how to respond to this. This is silly. It's hard when there's like two different perspectives or I guess two different narratives coming into play with regard to how we're perceiving of the information that I'm like either sharing or commenting on so i think for that part it's just hard to in like as we said an age of disinformation it's hard to have like the same starting grounds on what are like even just basic facts to some degree um so i think that's a big challenge predominantly from what i've seen um that really does impact initiating conversations or continuing conversations with that same you know, starting groundwork or framework by which to actually delve deeper into uh, the topic at hand, really. Yeah, that's that can be kind of baffling when you're looking at two different narratives going back and forth. And sometimes like a Facebook fight, um, 
there are these two verses that I've been thinking about, and I'm not King Solomon, so I don't do this perfectly, but I offer them as a beggar to you, as a fellow beggar. Take this bread. It's so good. Uh, there's these two verses. crispy baguette. Yeah, uh, uh, sure. I don't know what a baguette is, but it sounds tasty. And this is definitely tasty bread. Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5 say, well, 4 says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. And verse 5 says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Uh, so basically two verses that seemingly contradict one another. And I have uh, been lucky and fortunate to have a theologian explain them to me once in an Old Testament class, uh, Dr. Abernathy out at Wheaton. And he was saying, basically these two verses look like they're contradicting each other. What their message is, is sometimes you don't want to engage the fool. You don't want to uh, either legitimize a foolish statement or just something that's incorrect by responding to it seriously. Or if you do respond in earnest, you might be brought down into kind of a silly back and forth sometimes. Um, but the other verse is saying, sometimes you do need to answer the fool because sometimes they're saying something so foolish, it's important to confront them. And I just wanted to give those verses to you because uh, perhaps sometimes you feel this burning passion to either correct people or you feel overwhelmed not to talk to people, not to speak truth to other people. And I want you to know kind of for both of those sides that um, it's okay to do the other thing sometimes. So if you feel like, oh, I'm always correcting people, it's okay to take a step back and and to let it go unanswered. Um, or sometimes if you never talk and you never speak the truth, it's okay to, to speak the truth when someone's saying something foolish. Um, but anyway, besides that, that kind of strategic response, there's also something I've been thinking about Facebook, which relates to our source today, which is about prayer. Because sometimes there is misinformation that even if you present facts to someone, I had this experience, it was very baffling for me. Um, basically, I, I posted on Facebook a tweet that was available online and someone said um, it's amazing what you can do with Photoshop basically insinuating that I had just made up this tweet or that it had been made up and I was just uh, propagating it and one of my other friends responded and very respectfully but also just very bluntly the the tweet is available online like you can look at the tweet um, so this was an example that was just very kind of discombobulating. And I realized that sometimes, even if you have lots of strategy conversationally, the only response is prayer, to be praying for that other person, to be praying for ourselves, for wisdom um, and insight. Perhaps there are things we're overlooking. Um, and this source is wonderful on prayer. If you dive into some of these things, like Nick has with his, his work with working with refugees or just either Nick or I with politics, thinking about these things, it can be very discouraging and prayer is so important. Um, so with that, uh, our source this week is uh, a talk by David Smith talking about Psalm six and Nick, tell us here, here's your more difficult question. Uh, 
not telling us what you think about King Solomon. Tell us what you thought of David Smith's talk. Oh, David Smith's talk, yeah. Well, I was going to say as a, um, I guess like a sidebar prior to that, because you were talking about how like... Ooh, sidebar, your, bonus material. A sidebar, sidebar. Oh, that's a real thing. Uh, it is today. Because I had a similar experience related to the one that you had shared um, when I talked about, I mean, it was also Facebook specific in that I shared something based on, you know, research I had done as a community outreach coordinator for um, one of the, I believe, three refugee resettlement agencies in the Triangle, um, talking about like refugee arrival numbers and demographics and... I'm sharing this information and then somebody else shares it. And then I see on the comments there that like, oh, that's fake news. <laughs> and for me to see that fake comment news. coming from a position where I actually like had the knowledge and the experience and then was completely invalidated as like, oh, this is just false information, like disinformation spread about who refugees really are or like what the demographics actually look like as it relates to um particularly that instance um how the majority of refugees arriving in the country are predominantly christians fleeing from war and violence and so it was it was interesting to see and a little discouraging as well yeah um so it definitely does like kind of circle back to what you were saying regarding prayer and that like yeah sometimes there are just moments where the cloud is so thick that you cannot like there's nothing of your own volition, even if you have like the skill of knowledge. Um, I mean, people that I know that have history degrees like can become invalidated as well, even though they literally got <laughs> degrees in the stuff that they're talking about and they're very informed about it. Um, and so for me, like when I first listened to that, um, I guess lecture series or sermon or whatever you want to call it, I think he did. A, it was a talk in 2016 at Wheaton College, right? Yeah, it was a it was a chapel talk. So basically at wheaton they bring in people to come and talk about a a variety of topics and for this one he was assigned psalm six uh because we were trying to work through a psalm one one a week oh he was assigned that one specifically oh that's fun actually yeah he was so i think like that i mean it ties in well with his talk about um reading sequentially um and then also just kind of going through stuff that is difficult if you don't feel like it's congruent, like the scripture that you're reading with how you're emotionally feeling. Because in many like traditions, emotions can in many ways be, I don't know, there's something about like we, we rely on emotions a lot versus expanding our horizons as he described it to understand and i think i have a quote here actually of how he described what prayer looks like it's or how psalms are psalms are the prayer book of the body of christ and so he goes into really great detail regarding how in many ways we view prayer to be kind of an individualized like personal communion with um the father and like that is very very important obviously but what he dives at deeper for me that i thought was most impactful is the like the collectiveness of prayer as a means by which to cry out in unity and wholeness with the rest of the body of Christ. Um, Regardless as to whether or not what that scripture you're reading impacts you, somebody else experiencing that and really identifying and embodying and like crying out and really resonating with that passage, particularly like Psalm six, as they're talking about here, 
um, really feels that. And like that for me was really powerful because it brings, I think, a like a very less Western perspective on it and a more, I think, like biblically accurate portrayal of like, um, I, first of all, the body of Christ and also like what prayer actually means. Yeah. Well, I think it, it helps make sense of the prayer that Jesus instructs us to pray when he starts it with our father as a plural, because I mean, I actually is true confession here. Once when I was like, I was writing down the prayer on like a note card, just cause I was like, I'm going to pray this, you know, I'm, and have it ready to pray regularly. And I put my father in heaven because I was like, Oh, well, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people. So I just figured, this is just for me. So anyway, that's a true. Right. Cry. You like personalize <laughs> something that wouldn't necessarily have, like that wasn't the goal, you know? Yeah, that wasn't the goal. So, but anyways, before we give out too much info, cause we always, we want to give you the teaser, but we don't want to give you the whole thing. Uh, let me give you our co-listeners um, review. This is from Chris from Illinois and Chris does uh, have some theology uh, background at, from seminary. So we got some got some big guns here. Uh, Nick and I, you know, what do we know? But this guy, he's smart. He says, he knows Smith, things. He does. He says, Smith offers a hilarious spot on assessment of how we often, or I'm sorry, of how often we misread the Psalms that feel like they don't apply to us and offers a better way to read that moves us beyond ourselves. Um, so with that, that is... Um, that's the co-listener of the week. Again, if you ever want to be a co-listener, just reach out to us. Uh, we got our email in the show notes, or if you don't, Nick or I, you can always text us, but we're probably not going to put our phone numbers in the show notes. Uh, sorry to disappoint. Um, yeah, privacy and stuff. Yeah, privacy and stuff. And, you know, the, the current age of things. But, yeah. I get enough calls based on the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And, you know, I, my car warranty is always going out. So I, I got to leave the line open for those people to contact me. Um, anyway, finally, thank you for joining us here on Beggar's Bread this week. Uh, Nick and I hope you continue to join us in our aim to engage with thoughtful resources. And check out the talk by David Smith this week. Next week, we'll be seeing you back talking about the Princess Bride exegesis. Get pumped. <laughs>